Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Blake Harrison and joining me as ever is Stu Whiffin. Stu, how you doing, mate? I'm all good. I'm all good. Joining us are two fantastic men that we've wanted to have on the show for a long time. Jack, you've been on the show a couple of times. Rich, it's your first time. Jack and Richard Shaw, how are you both doing? All good, boys. All good. All good. Pleased to be making my debut. <laughs> yeah, well, it is your debut, as you say, Rich. So I think we should give the first question to you, and just you know, we wanted to know how your your love of of, of combat sports and and MMA got started. It's a it's a funny one. I've, I've always had an interest in it. Um, I played football in the early part of my you know when I was a youngster, from like being a kid, teenager, right through to the age of twenty eight, twenty nine. I was avid footballer, training regular. But I was also working in um, the pubs and club scenes in, in, in the local valleys. So I used to do a, a, a little bit of training. There was a, a guy called Reese Long, who was a judo black belt, and a guy called Steve Amon, who was a karate black belt. I used to drop in on them sessions a couple of times a week. And I'd done that, you know, on and off for about 10 years. But then um, I bumped into an old friend of mine down the sports centre one day. We were both training down there. He asked me if I wanted a grapple. And he absolutely handed me my ass, and that was my first introduction to, to jiu-jitsu. And that would have been around about, I don't know, 2001, 2000. Um, and it's just grown from there. I became addicted to it. I gave up football uh, and invested my time into learning, learning jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. And it's just grown from there, guys. And uh, I've become a, bit, a, a little bit of a, an MMA geek, as they say. Now it's, it's all I live and breathe. But but what was the scene like? Back then in 2001, Rich, you said that you was doing BJJ and kickboxing. Was MMA, yeah. I mean, what was the scene like in Wales at that point? Because, it, you know, just from my knowledge of, of 2001, it was still a relatively niche sport, wasn't it? Yeah, there, there was no scene. There was um, an old pro, House of Pain, I think it was called, it was like the first MMA event. We used to run those in, in Swansea. I think John Phillips appeared on one of the early ones. Um, sure, Jimmy Wallhead was on there. But it was the, the grappling, grappling strike from up in Gloucester, which was run by a guy called Rossi Macaro. Um, a local fella called Heathgate took that over. And 
rapid strike wheels, but there was no real big scene. A lot of it was was like fighting on mats on with no headshots in in ledger centres, and then if you were lucky enough to to get on a grappling strike show or one of the one of the shows at the time, it tended to be in a boxing ring. You know, there wasn't many events doing it with uh, with a cage. And when I say the old boxing ring, they were old boxing rings, no padding underneath the underneath the canvas. It was straight down onto the play. But it, it was very, very raw, very, very underground. I suppose not many people knew anything about it. You know, um, but they were good times, and and it's incredible to see how far the sport has come. Like. 2023 compared to 2003 is night and day. It's, it's not even close, you know, but uh, it's been a long two years, two decades, haven't it? You know what I mean? But I think we're getting there. We're not quite there yet, but we are getting there. But back then it was mental. It was like Wild West, you know, <laughs> St. John's Ambulance doing medicals, you turn up and your opponent to be five kilograms overweight, but oh yeah, we'll still do it. You have your 200 quid and three pound ticket deal if you were lucky. Um, I'm bollocking the kids all the time, and I would they don't know how lucky they are. Do you know what I mean? The, the scene today is, is night and day compared to those those times back in the early 2000s. So, so, were so you we're fighting as well. Oh, sorry, go on, Stu. Just, just our sort of spit and store dust that, that the scene was back then. And at that point, you think, right, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my boy Jack involved in this. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I, I, he got me involved because he started going to a kickboxing club and then I, I drifted over and started doing jiu-jitsu at the same club after training with the doorman for so many years. So you can blame him for, for getting me involved. But yeah, honestly, nothing would have been... I encouraged him, and he'll tell you this, I encouraged him to play football, play rugby. I'd have rather than being a ballet dancer, anything. Just, um, you know, it's difficult when he's around these type of boys, you know, and the team that we had at the time. Uh, he, he just fell in love and, and never once have I had to make him go training you know what I mean he's always been off his own back but he's very fortunate that uh, he, he's he's competing in a different year than what he was yeah well I mean I suppose this is a question for, for both of you then but I'll, I'll start with you Rich what how how difficult is it the kind of the lines that must sometimes blur between coach fighter and father and son there, there must be times where those things cross over surely yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy watching him do the weight cuts. Um, you know, it broke my heart when he lost to Ricky Ricky Simon. You know, it, it's not a natural. It's not a natural mix being a coach to an MMA fight and also being the father. That I've said this in plenty of interviews, and I watched on the Joe Kazagi documentary with the psychologist. They talked to a psychologist on it, and every strain of a, of a of a father is to look after their child and to send them out. You know, to, to to go and fight is quite a vulnerable position for a father to be in. And it, it, I don't enjoy it. I'll tell you this: I don't enjoy fight. I enjoy nothing about the experience until the fight is over. That that fight week is is horrific for me. I, I, my stress is up, and I am getting better. In mind, I'm managing my nerves a lot better. I think Jack will be the first to say that. On, on when it comes to you know, we sit down and we're off. There's no one more composed in the arena than myself, but. Uh, you know, that's a fact that I've got to be professional, switch our coaches, you know, switch the coaches cap on. But no, I, I don't enjoy it. It's, it's difficult at the end of the day, you know. It's not a natural, uh, it's not a natural dynamic, is it, watching your son go out and have a fight. And how do you feel, Jack, about that kind of the, those blurring lines between coach, fighter and, and father and son? Do you, do you feel the same as your dad? Do you, do you find parts of that difficult or is it easier for you? No, I think it's a. <clears throat> I think it's a lot more difficult for him than it is for me because um, there's been, you know, I didn't. I think my first fight is seventeen, so there was seventeen years of um, 
his life where he, he kind of just didn't have to deal with all that. It was just the dad role. And then when I started fighting, he had to mix it too. Whereas for me, every, every fight I've ever had or every competition, or at least 95, 99% of them, he's been in the corner or he's been there at the mat side or the ring side. So for me, <clears throat> it would be weird not to have him there. Do you know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight if he wasn't there. I would have to have him there to fight. Otherwise, it, you know, that, it, it wouldn't happen. Um, so for me, it's second nature and it's part of the process is having, is having him there. But I think for him, obviously, I've, although I'm a bloke now, I, I, he probably still remembers me or looks at me sometimes as the, you know, the little kid growing up. So that's probably why it's so hard for him. You know, I do, I don't like to see the stress it puts on him sometimes. You know, like we're waiting to walk out at the O2 and he's running off and I can hear him kicking and, and coughing with, with, with nerves. But, um, you know, so I, I, I do, I do wear, like, I don't like to see him like that. And, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> unfortunately, it is it is what it is. It's it's kind of this is how it is now. And uh, if he says to me tomorrow, um, I can't do it no more. I'm not I'm not going to call you no more. Then that's say you know I land in my uh, my retirement papers. See how unfair the pressure is. He's been on me, look, lads. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. it's true actually, isn't it? <laughs> He's a cruel man. He's a cruel man. He follows his mother in that department. <laughs> But just to sort of talk about um, Jack's introduction into in, into the sport, like how quickly did you see, Rich, that that Jack was a legit prospect? Generally, I, I think probably around the age of fifteen, I had an inkling that he was going to be a successful fighter because I used to watch him in the gym. He was, you know, he's the first to say he was carrying a little bit of puppy fat back then. You know, you've all seen the. Uh, the photographs of the prom with the, the big pushy hair that Ariel likes to post every now and then. So, you know, he was the most unassuming-looking combat athlete you were ever going to do. But you would walk in my gym and, you know, we won't name this, but we had established pros back in the day when he's 15, 16, turning up. And Jack would be submitting them on a regular on a regular basis. And the fact that his commitment, even at 15, he was in that gym every single night of the week. It was a way of life for him. Um uh, and it's something he's always, you know, he'd always been saying for years, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a professional fight and I'm going to be in the UFC. He had that, that mental strength. But I think around about 15, you know, I, I never, we got a lot of talented kids at the gym now and I never read too much into it because so many come and go. But I think around about 15, when his friends started going out a little bit more and he was still committed to training every night of the week and coming away with us. Um, he had a good apprenticeship. You know, I was fighting. He'd always come to my fights at Marshman. Martin McDonald, Chris Edwards, you know, I would always take him as part of the team when we went. So it, it became a way of life for him, become the norm. But yeah, 15, 16, um, I had a good idea that, uh, you know, he, he had the potential to do something in his career. In, in regards to, you know, what you've just sort of spoke about there, it, it shows that the, the, the Welsh MMA scene has, has, has grown, you know, seriously over the last sort of 10 years. Do you... Do you equate that to the kind of boom in in the UFC? With regard to Welsh fighters, or, or I guess the, the MMA scene in general, but um, obviously from from your perspective and, and your gym. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what we've done, we, we've shown the rest of the country that you don't need to be going abroad. You know, we, we've had Marshman, um, Brett, and Jack all in the UFC from my gym. You've had. Uh, Mason Jones get the USC Corey McKenna based um, who else we have Lou Long at Bellator you know John Phillips. John Phillips in the USC as well 
And I, I think particularly with John Marshman, Jack and, um, and Brett, and Lou, you know, as well, they've proven that you can fight at that higher level without having to, to leave Wales. And, you know, going back to the difference between now and 20 years ago, you know, we were learning off VHS videos, you know, we didn't even have the internet back then to be, to be looking at. Whereas now you walk in my gym, as a 16-year-old lad who's got, got an interest in becoming a professional fighter, you've got a lot of black belts on the mat, you've got UFC veterans, Bellator veterans, Cage Warriors champions, Cage Warriors veterans. It's, it's unreal, the level of coaching and the level of sparring partners they got now all under one roof. So, you know, we're still a million miles away from being mainstream. I mean, Jack's probably, you know, arguably the biggest name in, in Welsh MMA. And we can, I think you'll agree with this, we can pretty much still go about our business every day. We can go to Cardiff, Newport, and in general be left alone. You're not recognised, you know, stop being stopped. It's probably a lot worse. When we go to London, Jack, I'd say, we we get stopped a lot more when we're in, you know, the cities and different places around than what we actually are in Wales at the moment. Well, that, that's something that I wanted to say. And it's like, I've just, we was looking uh, into, we was researching, doing some um, background on the gym and that, and every single review we read was amazing and we're just talking about how friendly the club was and yeah. we've had jack on twice now we've had oban on we've had brett on and and i just think it's you've got the balance right that not only do you produce amazing legit killers you also produce some of the nicest people that we've you know we've ever met and the yeah. nicest people that we've met in, in in the ufc community or the mma community i should say it's a little bit cliche but i pride myself on developing men as men as much as Fighters, you know, it's no good having the best fighter in the world if he's a complete asshole. He won't cut with me. I let him walk. They would, I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him around the gym. There's one bad apple can you know spoil the crop. What we are very lucky with, Stu, is that we've got a real. A lot of people that come and visit us like us to like a football or a rugby team. You know, it's a real team camaraderie. We go to a lot of the other high-profile gyms in the UK and Europe where each individual is there about them as an individual. They couldn't care a shit about the rest of the people on the mat. Whereas we've got a, a like-minded group of individuals all trying to improve each other. You know, Brett and Jack training together has just seen those two explode with ability over the last 18, to three, 18 months, two years. Same with Oban being around the likes of Jack and, and Brett. gives Oban that incentive to keep training hard, keep pushing hard because he wants to get into the UFC. So it's a real good team spirit. But I, I'm, what, what I'm really proud of is, you know, is creating decent human beings as much as really good fighters. Yeah. Fantastic. And Jack, in terms of your, your dad said that he hated seeing you do the, the weight cuts down to 35. You've now, you've just had your debut up at 145. Um, how have you approached that, that change in weight? Have you thought about the whole, uh, you know, we've, we've seen it with, with John Jones and other people that are obviously putting on a lot more weight where they're really adding muscle, adding mass, all that stuff. Have you approached it like, like that? Like I still need to cut a lot of weight and put on muscle or do you think, no, the most important thing for me is to cut less weight and I'll go in as a better version of myself. What, how have you approached it? Uh, it's probably been somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. you know, I, I've, I've started working with, with Paul Reed now full time with my nutrition and my SMC. So, you know, we've got like a long-term plan to obviously turn me into a better athlete, add that lean muscle, um, increase the strength, increase the power. But at the same time, the whole point of, of me moving up this weight class is so that I'm not leaving half of my ability in the sauna or in the bath. So, Although I don't want to be waking up way in day and just jumping on the scale straight out of bed, 
I also don't want to be doing those those drastic weight cuts that I was doing down at 35 either. So I'm aware that I've obviously got to be a little bit stronger and a little bit bigger um, to compete at the top level at 45. But also I feel like by not cutting the mass amount of weight I was cutting down at Bantam, um, I'll be able to perform so much better. I feel like my skills will be so much sharper because I'm having so much more time in the gym now where I can focus just on technique and sharpness and game planning and and i feel like you know even my sparring sessions now can can i can be fully filled from like and make sure that i can treat the sparring session like a fight in terms of not not intensity but like game planning and stuff like that which before it was kind of like you know let's run in the morning and let's run in the night and just do my best to make it through the sparring session without getting injured and and without you know <laughs> without being completely useless um so it's definitely something that I don't want. I don't want to be full circle and be in the same position at Fever where I'm having to cut so much weight because I'm trying to be big for the weight class. Um, I think technically I'm as good as anyone in the division. I, I I don't look it, but I know strength wise, especially in the grappling and the wrestling. You know, that's the first thing people say to me when they've always they can't believe how strong I look. Uh, sorry, how strong I feel. You know, I'm not the most um, athletic looking guy in the world. I'm not. I'm not like chiseled with muscle, and I'm not. You know, like you look at Oban and you look at him and think, yeah, he looks like a fucking athlete. You don't necessarily always look yeah. at me. Although I'm lean when it's fight week and, and and in shape, I'm not ever, you know, I don't look like this super freak, you know, this this super athletic guy. But but people always tend to notice straight away at the, the the strength and stuff. And I think it's just from doing the sport, you know, for such a long time. And I, I think there's a certain degree of strength comes when, when your technique is so good. And um, that's where I want to be. And I don't want to come full circle, but at the same time, I am aware and me and Paul are working to ensure that I, you know, do get a little bit stronger and I'm approaching things a lot more scientifically. Now we're, we're recording numbers and one rep maxes and power scores and, and, and even like running times and stuff like that, just so we can make sure that we've got a good base and we know when to build and when to kind of just maintain. Um, so that's been the biggest difference, you know, that I haven't got to just solely focus on making weight now and in a, in a fight camp. I can, I can focus on the fight. And Richard, what's the biggest positive change you've seen uh, with Jack moving up in weight in, in terms of the fight camps and the fight itself? What's the positive change? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Changes you've seen in Jack? Just a change in attitude. I mean, he's back in... I don't think he's enjoyed the last four, four or five fights in the camp because it's been, it's been horrific. It's like, as he's just said, it's over. Wait, this time, he's had a smile on his face. He's doing his three sessions, fully energised. Plenty of calories inside him. Um, not that monotonous 10K run five days a week. You know, on, a, on an empty stomach, um, and honestly, just watching his performance in the gym, I'd say he's probably 40 percent better than what he was at a one-three-five. And I have been telling him this for four fights, but uh, I think he finally took the loss for him. As he, and it's right what he's saying: you quickly forget about the horrific weight cuts when you're winning all the time. Um, yeah. But what we've seen, I think, two weeks ago, was Jack back to the Jack of old, this pressing and looking for a finish. You know, I think in some of his previous fights where he's gone a decision, he's hit that third round, two rounds up, and not feeling a hundred percent, and is happy to see out the see out the round rather than risk uh, risk chasing the finish. Whereas now, you know, we're we're a while away from them five round fights, but I think Jack is better suited to five rounds than three rounds. And I think at a one four five, as I said, uh, you know, you'll see a totally different a different animal on on our hands. You know. He's always had the ability. He's always had the, the, the skill set. I think he's moving up a little bit. He's taking that pressure off. Um, the weight loss in the camp, uh, as he said, he can focus on, you know, specific science and numbers around his S and C. You know, he's, he's in the evening sessions a lot more energized. So we're seeing the best of him in the gym. Uh, as we've seen last night, that's transferred into the fights now, which we probably haven't seen for three or four fights. And, uh, another thing that I want to um, ask you, Jack, in, in regards to sort of pressure and and and, and the, you know and putting on a great performance uh, at the O2 the other week, you you often hear fighters talk about um, taking their first loss and and then not having that that pressure of being undefeated, uh, you know, attached to them. Did you feel any part of that applied to you? Uh, yeah, I did. If I'm honest, I did feel it a little bit because I felt, and again, I feel sometimes when you've got a big unbeaten streak and you know. It, and it's not a knock on anyone, but that's all kind of people want to talk about fight week is, you know, um, if you win this, you're this many fights away from back from this record. Or at one point, I think I had, you know, on paper, I had the, the biggest win. or the, I was a, like, I had the best record in the UFC. I was one away from it. And it's all people talk is, oh, how do you feel about the pressure being defeated? And then kind of when you pick up that loss, I don't know, it feels as if, you know, this one felt like I, was, I could go out there and fight to win rather than just fight not to lose. So like you said, sometimes you are two rounds up and you think, right, well, let's just cruise this last round because it's a guaranteed win. Whereas not, not that you're, you know, not that you want to lose every time or not that you, you're looking to, like you don't care if you lose, but it's kind of happened now. And if it happens again, you know what to expect. You know, it's not like it's something out of the ordinary. You know, that was my first loss as an MMA fighter, but in, in all-round competition, I think, for nearly 10 years. So it's 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 a feeling that, you know, you kind of forget about, and I just feel like this last one, I went out there, like I said, fight the win and fight the prime away and fight the look good when I was doing it rather than just going out there and fighting not to lose. I feel like I take a couple more risks. Um, and again, when you pick up that loss, you just kind of like, well, you know, I tried to play it safely and it didn't go to plan. So I might as well go out guns blazing and go, and go for it and, and you know, get, get all, the, all the bonuses that come with it. Um, so yeah, I definitely feel like I had the, the monkey off my back a little bit. Like I could go out there and, do I perform how I know I do in the gym? Because in the gym, if you mess up, you end up in a bad spot and end up losing the round. 
it doesn't matter because no one's keeping score. Obviously, in a fight, all the eyes are on you, and, and the the judges can knock you down around, or you could even lose a fight. But it just felt like like a more intense sparring session, like I go out there and flow a bit and just go for it. Like like I used to back in the cage warriors days. That's kind of what it felt like. And Rich, in terms of that that win that that Jack had uh, uh, last week Saturday, um, what's it like? For you, for you to walk out with your son and he be cheered by thousands of people at the O2. I mean, you, I, I can't imagine you thought when the first kind of days that you were holding him in your arms, the nights yeah. where he'd come into mum and dad's bed saying, I've had a nightmare, can I get in with you or anything like that? <laughs> you probably weren't thinking thousands of people are going to be cheering my boy's name at the O2. Yeah, it's How it's crazy surreal. is that? It is. It is. It's surreal, you know and I do have a, a real sense of pride. You know, I'm proud of, it, I'm proud of him, you know, just the way he carries himself. And to, to walk out and watch out there, he's, he's never changed either. You know, we, we have people barking advice. Oh, he needs to be calling people out. He's a trash talk. But that's not him. He's stayed true to himself. And I think that the the supporters and the, and the fans of the O2 show that, the, the reaction he gets, he always gets a good positive reaction. But he's always been, he's always been a fighter, boys. He was born premature. People don't know this, but he's like he was like three point six pound born. He was in um he was in the intensive care unit for four weeks. Um, you know, me and his mother had a stressful time with him. He was six weeks early, um, and it was a real stressful, stressful you know couple of months. But he's turned from a three point six premature baby into one of the best fighters uh, the UK has ever had. So, um, and like I said, it, not just. It's lovely for him as well because it's a realization of of a lifetime's work for him. You know, no one's worked harder than him. Nobody's put the more effort in and been more disciplined and more consistent. And you know, so it's just reward for him. But yeah, both, both me and his mother are so proud of him. You know, does it add something extra? Given because I, I didn't know this about Jack being premature and, and so small when he was born. Like, does it add something extra? Just thinking. Jesus, he's come through so much. I know, yeah. To get where it's, it's he is incredible. It, it is. It's, it's, as I said, surreal is the only word to, to, to explain it yeah. because it, it still fries my head sometimes. Like, I'm with him and we get stopped and somebody wants a photograph or an autograph. And I, I still find that difficult to grasp, yeah. you know, because to me, to me, he's just my, my lad, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? But, and we're in some, some weird places like Las Vegas or, you know, uh, New York and, Random is stopping him for a photograph, you know, London. I don't think I'll ever get used to it, if I'm honest. It's, it's all a bit surreal. Is it annoying that they're probably giving you the phone? Like, oh, take it, mate. Did that, does that ever happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. Can you take the photo of us? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's a regular. Can the ball fella take a photograph? <laughs> oh, I know all about that. I oh, know all about that. Is that the gazer from the in between us? Can you touch photos, please? <laughs> <laughs> let, let, me, let me tell you, though. Right, they take a mickey out in the gym. I am the worst photographer in the gym. I'm yet to, I'm yet to take a photo that's not blurry in some way or form. So um, I tend to do a selfie by the time I've tried to get. You, you only have to look at the end of that fight. DC had to take, he got wound up. DC took the phone off me. I can't, I can't <laughs> the reverse camera on it. Oh, I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the I'm the professional photographer when we're out as well. Well, I, I hope you don't mind me me bringing this up, but you, you mentioned that the, the, the interview with with you know and DC being in there at the end, and Jack delivered a, a really emotional 
post-fight speech uh, talking about uh, your cancer battle, Rich, and you, you clearly look, you know, visibly moved at, at, at that moment. It was a really, you know, emotional moment for I think anyone that was watching that. Yeah. Um, are, are you able to tell us a little bit about how your journey yeah, of recovery yeah. is going, mate? Yeah, of course I can. I mean, th- I think the reason I was, I was, to be honest, boys, I was crying before I got in the cage. It was, I, I think, just a sense of relief. And I say to everybody, when Jack fights, when it's over, it's not like a, a sense of, oh, yes, he's won. It's like, thank, you know, thank God that's over with. That's how I feel. Do you know what I mean? It takes a lot out of me physically and mentally. Also, I was so proud of him because he's had a lot of contests with him. We kept it quiet. We didn't broadcast the fact that um, I had the diagnosis because in my mind, being such a perfectionist with regard to preparation, I didn't want people asking him questions about it. I didn't want him being distracted from the fight. I didn't want if he turned up and he had a bad performance on the night, he didn't get a win, which I fully expected him to win. But if he didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't want people saying they were using that as a prerequisite, as an excuse before the fight. So I'm quite, you know, I'm, I'm in the public eye a lot, fellas, but I am a private person. You know, my private life is my private life. The only people that were away were the, were the guys in the gym because obviously I had to spend some time from the gym. But what happened was I, last April, I found a lump in my groin. Went to the doctors and it was diagnosed, diagnosed as a hernia. And they told me I'd be on a, a waiting list for 12 months. So uh, in July then there was a cancellation and they asked me if I'd go down and do a pre-op for the hernia. So I go down and a specialist looks at me, does some examinations and says he doesn't mix an hernia, so they send me for an ultrasound. The ultrasound categorically tells me that it's not a hernia. They send me for an MRI. And then um, the MRI results come back and, you know, it was quite conclusive that it was cancer. So, you know, there's a lot of positives. If, if this had been COVID, I'd be dead. You know, I would have been put on a three-year waiting list for a hernia operation uh, and wouldn't have seen it out the other side. So I had to do a biopsy. And, and it, I'll go through the full rigmarole because it's been such a drawn-out affair. Biopsy, I wait three weeks for the results. It comes back inconclusive. I then, four weeks later, I go for an operation. So I'm, they cut me from my hip down to, you know, the bottom of my groin. When I wake up from the operation, they say, it's not good news, we found more lumps. Uh, they had to leave one lump in because it was touching my artery. And they didn't have the, the, the team there in case, they didn't try and remove that in case I bled out. So then I had to wait four weeks then for the results. And what, what the doctor was hopeful was that the, the lumps would come back as benign. The, the lumps they removed, they kept deep enough that that would be the end of the situation. But unfortunately, it had got into my cells and into my blood. Um, and the only way they were going to cure it was was chemotherapy and, and radiotherapy treatment, you know. So that came to, that came to us right at the end of November. You know, it, was, it, it was a difficult time for me, but more, more so for the kids and, and my missus more than me. I, I'm one of these, and Jack will tell her, I just deal with things in my spine and like things will, you know, what will be, will be. But I started the chemotherapy in January and, you know, Jack will vouch for this. It, it was a tough three months, boys, you know. Yeah. There were times after that treatment I would, quite happily rolled over and died how I felt um, from from the symptoms of it. But managed to get through that stage. They gave me a month off. I started radiotherapy last week. I got another two weeks of that. Um, they gave me a month off then for my body to repair. I go back and have what they call a PET scan, which is a 3D body imaging scan. And uh, we have the results of whether, you know, I'm in remission or if i got to go through the process again. But I feel fit. I feel strong. Um, I've had a positive mindset right from the beginning. My missus hates me saying this, but I have said it. 
you know, it might kill me, but it won't break me. You know, so I'll tackle it head on. And I think we're all feeling positive. Is you know, there's a good percentage of people come through this, and I just think the way I've dealt with it, I've stayed fit, stayed happy, training every day, positive mindset, won't let it grind me down. And uh... mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, I'm hopeful that by June, you will have us back on with some positive news. Do you know what I mean? So... We'll, we'll see so and like I said what I'm more and most proud of is how Jack has spoke with this because make no mistake about it he's been feeling the pressure probably a lot more me than with this diagnosis yet still managed to do a full fight camp and comes through with flying colours on like two to yeah. it sounds like you've both dealt with this absolutely incredibly and you know it's it, we're we're really thankful to hear that, you know, things have gone well for you. You're over the chemo side of it. A friend of mine, uh, uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer a while a while ago, but she's gone through the chemo. She got the all clear recently. So, you know, we're really hopeful that all of that's going to happen for you as well, mate. And uh, it, you do seem so fit and healthy, positive mindset, all of those things. I mean, if there's... Anything that you can give to anyone in terms of like, particularly men, I think, that struggle with going to the doctors, getting things checked out. Have you got anything that you would say to them if they find lumps or anything like that? I mean, you've got to go because... I'll butt in, I'll butt in, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Because, here we go. Because he is the most stubborn fucker you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> <laughs> because... So I'll butt in and put my two pence in and say, if you haven't got a lump... Make sure you go and get a check because if he had his weight, like he went down to A and E the one day, you know, the pain, and he sat there for five hours and was like, ah, fuck, I'm, I'm coming home. I ain't waiting down here no longer. And we had to send one of the boys uh, back from the gym down to sit with him and make sure he didn't leave. Um, so don't let your stubbornness get the better of you. Don't think, <laughs> ah, it'll be all right. Just if, if you've got any inkling at all, you don't feel right, you've got a lump, just go and get a check because the reality of it is, if he didn't, if he did come home that day, and the pain maybe went away or eased a little bit the next day, he'd probably be, you know, still assuming that he's gone earlier and wait, I'm waiting for an operation for that. And then who knows what could have happened. Listen, I still nah, would have had my result. I would have had my result the week after because I'd already had my MRI then if I left the hospital. Yeah, well, you never know, do you? So don't... Uh, don't <laughs> but what I would say, all jokes say, you, you've got to go. You've got to... Any lunch that you can't play about. Because I was convinced, I was... In fact, between April and July... I was just training as normal. I thought it was an earlier that wasn't giving me any bother. Um, and sometimes these operations don't don't come to fruition for 12 to 18 months. I think I'd have been in a lot of trouble there. But if you're unsure as well, maybe ask for a second opinion. Because I didn't do that. I was only through um, the fact that I'd had this early call in for the early operation that I managed to get all the testing done. But, uh, you know, don't, don't be too proud. Go there. You lose a bit of dignity. They're all looking at your private parts. And I, I tell you, I'm an old man who's a little bit old-fashioned. And um, I've lost a bit of dignity over the past six months with some of the, the checkouts I've had to go through. But it is what it is. You've got to get it done. 
And honestly, I can't speak highly enough of the NHS. The, the care and yeah. support I've had from this cancer team um, has been unreal. Hence why we've done the collection and the, the, the fundraising recently. And, you know, I continue to support them as long as I've got breath in my lungs for the rest of my life. Wonderful. Fantastic message, mate. And so, looking ahead, um, what's coming up for you? I I know you mentioned before we press record you're having a holiday, Jack, but um, once that's uh, done and dusty, what's coming up for you? What do you want next? Yeah, um, you know, to be honest, I've got a lot lot of stuff going on, like like, like we mentioned. um, uh, You know, he's he's got a good couple of weeks of radio therapy now. He's he's got to do... um, tests and stuff like that after it to see where we stand see if he's got to, I say we you know see where he stands see if he's got to go back for more treatment or if that's it um, and then obviously I've got, got my son being born then at the end of July so you know I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to be honest to kind of sit it out a little bit um, you know I know they've just rumoured that London the London card's happening again in July but that's going to be a no-go for me because the, the baby's due five days after so um, you know I wouldn't take the risk on that one and the last camp was stressful. You know, there was times when he wasn't at the gym through no fault of his own, obviously. But, you know, there was times when I felt the pressure a little bit and me and the boys had to pick up the pick it up between us. And then, you know, if I'd had my way, I probably wouldn't have done the last fight. It was only because I, I, I think he was so so sort of stuck on it. It would it would be good for me. And obviously, that was take his mind off what's going on for me to, to focus on a fight. But I think now it's a case of I'll, I'll wait until the baby's born, until until he's had the, as good as had the all clear before we look at another fight. I mean, so, something along the lines of September, October probably would be ideal. I know it's not what people want a year. They, they, they want me straight back in there straight away, but uh, there's more to life than fighting sometimes. And uh, I've got other, other priorities at the minute and other people that need to be put first. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm not never going to, you know, I've always stuck to my guns and, um, there's not many opportunities I don't think that would coax me out of that mindset at the minute and how is the excitement in the Shaw household waiting for a, a baby Shaw on the way how how are you feeling <laughs> about becoming a dad yeah I can't wait I'm uh, you know it's really like it's really settled in the last couple of weeks like the first few weeks of camp we found out like end of November so you know my missus is only um She's a little woman anyway, so she she didn't show for a long time. It didn't. It almost didn't feel real, but now she's got a bump, and we're doing the house, we're doing the nursery out, and we're constantly buying stuff and appointments and scans. So it's obviously very very real now, and um, we're just both excited. Um, I know my old man and mother's excited. Her parents are excited, so we can't wait. I know they say you turned your uh, your world upside down, but uh, we're we're ready to to fully embrace it. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite memories I remember of my wife being pregnant with my first child is when she got very big, the uh, like just a few weeks before the birth. The way the baby moves in the womb is like a scene from like a science fiction movie. It's not just a <laughs> kick; like they're proper moving around in there, and there's all sorts of lumps and bumps. And we were like playing music on like a phone on top of like a bump, and all of a sudden it's just moving the phone around, and all sorts. We were like, "What?" It's kind of well, it's a little bit freaky to look at, but it's an amazing thing as well to see this life in there. You're like, "Whoa, what's it's going to be like?" It's great. Well, it's mad because like we've. Had- I can feel the baby kicking and stuff now, and uh, yeah. she, she's been feeling it for weeks. And I, it's as if like he's playing hardball. Every time she tells me to feel, he, he stops. And uh, I put my hand the other night, 
and it was a proper boot. And I was like, he's going to be, he's going to be a kick guy. Definitely. There's <laughs> a proper boom into my hands. I was like, Oh, this is, uh, this is bad news from the start. If he's, if he's kicking this hard already, I hope, I hope to God he, I hope to God he don't want to be a, uh, I hope the God he don't want to be a fight now, put it that way. Yeah. Well, like well, your dad is like probably... Re- yeah. yeah, well, I'll say, like, like your dad, he's yeah. probably reminding you to throw that high kick that you didn't <laughs> exactly. do in round one against Amir Khani. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, guys, before we let you go, and we've loved having you both on the show, we really want to get your opinions on a few of the big fights that are coming up soon. Uh, so if you don't mind giving us your predictions, putting your, uh, your pundit hats on, if we were to say uh, Arnold Allen, Max Holloway, which way do you think that fight's going to go? And have you got any ideas of how it will get, play out? I got to go. Um, I got to go Arnold. Um, you know, like, he's just one of the good guys in the sport. He's, he's always yeah. made time for me, Arnold. And I've always gone with him. I think he's, he's, such a, he's such a good character and a personality, but he's not like your stereotypical... Again, he's he's I've I've seen people online for years and he she needs to do more of this, he needs to shit talk more, he needs to and he's that's just not who he is at all. He's a he's a down to earth, like really nice guy, Arnold, but he's got that killer in him. He's got that skill set and those natural gifts, like his power and his speed. I think he can honestly go all the way and even cause Volkanovsky some problems. So yeah. you know, it's not and it's no easy feat all the way. I think people are kind of falling into this um this illusion that because Holloway had such a tough night against Volk that he's kind of on the decline. But you watch his fight against Rodriguez and Kate and the two fights before that, he, he looked just as good as he ever has. And, you know, to, to just speak on facts, Holloway is a better over five rounds. And I think this is only Arnold's second schedule five rounder. So, you know, there's always going to be that. Answer. But, I, but I just think if Arnold can catch him early and put him on the back foot and, and hurt him, and I think uh, he's got all the tools to do it. You know, I think we'll, we may even see him wrestle because he's a good wrestler, grappler, Arnold yeah. as well. And uh, I think he edges out in that, um, that area. But it's no tough. It's a tough, tough task. But um, I'm hundred percent behind him and looking for him to do it. Fantastic, Rich. Have you got any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think Arnie as well. I think he'll make it look easier. I think he'll shock yeah. people. And um, as Jack said, if people think about the Volkanovski fights with Max, you know, look what he's done to Ortega, look what he's done to Year, look what he's done to Kater. He's probably on paper the second best uh, featherweight in the division, Max. But I just think Arnold, Arnold's got that ability to challenge Jack just the title. And, um, you know, stopping all the way is one thing, but I, I, I think Arnold will make it look easy over five rounds. Okay. Um, right, we'll go, we, we, we'll, we'll go back to Jack. Connor versus Chandler. That, you know, it, it, to me, this one all depends on, on how Connor turns up. I think yeah. if he turns, it, it seems like just based online, it seems like for, him, for me, like for him to commit to do the ultimate fight there and kind of like isolate himself and put him, because he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the exposure. He doesn't need the publicity. For him to sign up to do the ultimate fight there would lead me to believe that he, he's back invested in the sport and that he wants to be involved. Um, I think if Chandler comes out like Chandler usually does and just wants to, um, a slugfest firefight. I don't think it lasts very long at all. I think Connor's too too slick of a striker, too good of a counter puncher. I think anyone with that sort of come forward bombing style, I think McGregor will take him out fast. Um, if Chandler mixes in a bit of wrestling early on and maybe gets him tired, which would be a smart move, then it becomes an interesting fight. But if, if Chandler fights him out, he's fought Gaethje 
I know he's fought Poirier, then I think it'll, it'll, it'll be a quick night for uh, for the Mac. Rich? Yeah, pretty much what Jack said. I think, it, I think Styles make fights, and I think if Chandler comes out and wants to prove a point and keep on his feet, I think it'll be an early night. Yeah. Well, let, let's start with you, Rich, on this one, if you don't mind. We've mentioned Volkanovski. He's going to have to defend uh, in your division now, Jack, uh, against interim champion Yair Rodriguez. Before Yair fought Josh Emmett, I personally had very little interest in this fight. I thought Volkanovski would pretty much steamroll anyone. But Yair put on such a fantastic performance against Josh Emmett. It's made me a bit more excited about that fight. Do, do you think Yair's got a good chance of, of upsetting Volkanovski or not, Rich? No, I don't think so, mate. I think um, I think Volk stops him. I think he stops him. I think he's angry with that. I mean, yeah. No, you, 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 look, look, look at look at this performance against Islam. Who people are arguing is, you know, one of the best in the world, pound for pound. Yeah. You know, Islam's had his back couldn't finish him. Took him down, couldn't keep him there. I mean, I just think he's a he's a different breed, Volk, um, to, to your average fighter. Just. He does a lot of old school stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm a massive fan of his. I, I think he would probably stop him with. I think he's stopping within three rounds. Wow, Jack, what do you think? You know, I, I think it'll be very similar to the Ortega fight. I think it'll be it'll, it'll be close for a round. I think Rodriguez will do a good a good job of of keeping the distance early on with because he just saw an orthodox and. You can see when Volk fights, he almost like spends time throwing those leg kicks and that jab just to download a bit of info. And I think once he gets the read on him, you know, I think it'll be a case of, of smash on the inside, take down and, and do damage. Because as, go, as good as Rodriguez looked, and I agree with you, I was completely the same. I, I had no real interest in, in any of those two fighting Volk until I watched how good Rodriguez looked against, um, against Josh Emmett. But I just think Volk's a different animal. He, he's not... He's not a wrestler who's just going to hold you down and pin him. If he gets you down and you're on your back, he's going to absolutely try and pound your face in exactly like like he did to Ortega. And I yeah. I just think if Ortega can't sub him with a full-on locked-in mounted guillotine and a full-on locked-in triangle, yeah. and if Islam's if Islam's got your back for four and a half, three and a half minutes and can't do a lot, with, I, I just don't see how he'll be competitive on the ground. And I just think Vox how much of a, of a little terminator that, that he'll either find a way to close the distance and do damage on the inside or he'll end up just taking him down and mauling him so yeah I think Volk either, either by a decision or by, or by a TKO late on yeah he's a very clever fighter as well isn't he? Do you know I mean yeah. he, 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 he can pick up points and weaknesses in his opponent and he'll open those up so yeah I, I think it'll be an easy night for him and lastly we start with you Rich on this one Cejudo versus Sterling ooh I'm a little bit torn on this one I mean if Cejudo been busy the last couple of years, I think we'd all be saying Cejudo after the way he's out. But, but Sterling's a big physical lad and he can grapple and he can wrestle. Oh, I've got to pick one on this. <laughs> Sorry to stress you out there, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, lads. I'm in the middle of radiotherapy. My mind, my mind can't take all this. <laughs> I'm going to go with Sterling. I'm going to go with Sterling. I think his confidence yeah. is up. The way, the way he handled Yang... In the last fight, I think um, he, he handled Yang quite comfortably. Um, the last fight was a bit of a pointless exercise. I don't even think Dillashaw should have gone in there. I think he knew he was injured and he knew he wasn't going to get through the fight. He stuck the money and, and retired into the sunset. But yeah, I, I'm going to say just off his activity and his physicality. Yeah, I'm going to go Sterling. I'm going to go Sterling. That one's going to bite me on the ass. I can feel it. <laughs> Jack? 
just to be controversial, I'm, I'm, uh, I think Cejudo. Um, I think, you know, Aljo is so good at, at kind of dominating on the ground and, and bullying with the wrestling, but you know, you're dealing with a different caliber wrestler. You know, I think we're talking a Olympic gold medalist. Um, and even now, could you know, I hear people saying that if Cejudo tried out for the Olympic team now, chances are he'd get in and, and pull a medal even in now after all those years. Um, I think he'd be very hard to take down. The, the only way I see Aljo kind of win is if he ends up jumping to the back and, and getting a choke. But I just think Cejudo's so smart. I watch a lot of his breakdowns on YouTube. I've seen videos of him coaching with John Jones, training with Mikey Mouse. And I think he's that much of a... Um, he's got that much of a technical brain and he's that much of an MMA geek in, in a sense that there's no way Aljo gets like a, a mad scramble back take. I just think that he, he's so short. He's going to be a nightmare to get underneath. Aldo's going to have to kind of keep it long on the feet. And I, and I think technically Cejudo's probably the better striker. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised to see Cejudo take him down and go to work on the floor as well. Um, so I'm going to go Henry by decision, I think. And um, then I think he gets, gets what he wants. And, and, a, and then he might even get a shot of Volkanovski for the for the one four five belt if he beats if he beats Sterling. Um, he beat, I mean, could he could even win that one. I mean, it's only the fact that Volk's a little beast now that I changed my mind. But I remember saying... Couple of, about a year or so ago, they say who'd have got the chance to, to to win all three bouts. But uh, you know, based on Volk's current run of form, I don't think that one is doable. But yeah, I think I think he, he can beat Sterling. Fantastic. Well, guys, thanks so much for both of you coming on the show, Jack. Best of luck with becoming a dad. I hope yes, uh, everything <laughs> goes well. Fantastic stuff, Rich. Best of luck with becoming a granddad. And uh, yeah, cheers, boys. Make me feel older, older than normal. We are excited, but I do feel old. <laughs> well great stuff best of luck with everything guys best of luck with your recovery as well Rich and uh, Absolutely. yeah we'll have you on anytime guys thanks very much Thank cheers you. guys cheers guys thanks for having me